0: Daydreaming about dragons. I want to talk about a moment that happened in my last game of Blades in the Dark. And it is applicable to any kind of role playing game. So if you are not a Blades fan, that's fine. Stick with me. Hear me out. Here's the situation Uh, they've got the investigators, who are the player characters, have to uh, interrogate a high risk. A, a high flight risk uh, inmate in the Ironhook prison. And the way that this inhumane prison deals with that is it's a former fortress. And they had these huge uh, concrete uh, reservoirs for water. And they no longer use those, all of them. So, Because they're not worried about a siege, right? So what they do for high flight risks is they chain the person to the bottom of the reservoir uh, this huge you know concrete tube, and if anything goes wrong, they flood the tube and drown the person. okay? So they're talking to this vicious gang leader, right? he's a he's the gang leader of he's in jail. He's the gang leader of the bill hooks, who are a vicious gang, vicious. they they literally show up to fights with like butcher knives in each hand and just, just do their worst. It's a, it's a, it's a rough gang and he's a rough guy and I, I narrated it as such. So there are two things I did. I I had been watching Mindhunter and there are a couple things I did in this scene that I want to talk about. And and there's a way that Strush reacted that I want to talk about, who is a, a wonderful player in the game and an amazing game designer. Okay, cool. So one thing I did is I wanted the Corville, who's the gang leader, to say awful things to the characters, but I did not want to say these awful things. So I literally said, listen, Corville says terrible, violent and sexual things about your mothers. It's awful. I'm not telling you how your characters are going to react. I'm not telling you that they're going to flinch. I'm just telling you it is the most disgusting thing you've ever heard. And that way I leave it up to the players and I don't have to scream misogynist things at my players. So that's one technique I want to throw at you, is just describe what the character is doing instead of actually trying to get a reaction out of your players, although A reaction was gotten out of my players. But rather than having to be awful, describe someone being awful. You know? Because I feel like the people who I game with have to put up with that shit enough in the real world. They do not need to deal with it at the table. But I can describe them dealing with it. Make sense? Okay. Cool. Next bit. They get to the end of the interview, and Tor- Torval realizes that they're not going to just beat him half to death to try to get information out of him. And he kind of softens a little bit. And uh, he says, listen, uh, I'm sorry I said those things about your mother. Uh, I, it's just the way I gauge to see what's going to happen. I, I figured you were going to you know, beat me half to death, and I just wanted to get the beating started. I hate waiting for the beating." And at that moment, something changed in Strasch. Strasch was like, oh my goodness, this is a person. And his character prolonged the interview and got his pipe out and smoked a pipe and talked prize fighting with this guy and just treated him like a person and let him be a person for a few minutes. And it was really cool. And, and the reason why that happened is because Strash wasn't dedicated to being the bad cop, right? Strasch was had, had his heart open and was willing to be touched, was willing to have a moment. And I think mm. that's a huge important thing, is that you are you have a character, but you're willing to let your feelings... Put that character in a place that surprises you. Right? You're willing to be surprised. That is a big deal. And Strash did that. And that meant when the assassin flooded the reservoir and tried to kill Carville, and Strash's character, Drav, or on, trying to save this guy after sharing a moment with him suddenly we've got emotional stakes on the table it matters it matters it was a cool moment and, and it happened because of two things one, I made this person a person two, Strash was open his, Str- his heart was open let your characters surprise you when you inhabit them. I think that's a cool thing. Picture it as, as your, when you, when you play these characters, you put on their shoes, right? You put on their boots and, and there might be a texture in that boot that you didn't realize was going to be there. There might be something that happens in your gait and your walk that's different than what you thought it was going to be. Let that happen. Let that moment occur. Keep your heart open. That's what I'm saying. All right. Awesome. Inspiration goat. Bleat at me, please. Good one. Inspiration goat. Good idea. So, yep, yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about mind hunters. Uh, I talked about it. I kind of mentioned it in the last segment. So let's talk about it in this one. Uh, And what we can learn from it about playing our characters. Okay? So, Mindhunters is about the first behavioral uh, studies unit in the FBI that studies serial killers. And in the course of the first season, you actually see the term serial killers get born as they interview these terrible people. Right? I mean awful people. It is grim, uh, but also fascinating. I couldn't stop. I couldn't turn away. I could not turn away. All right. So what do I want to talk about? Do I want to talk about horror? Do I want to talk about how to make serial killer villains? No, I'm not, that's not what I'm going to talk about today. Maybe that'll be something I talk about later. Uh, Season two is coming, so maybe that'll jar more stuff. And this is a type of show that I think I'm going to watch over and over again. So I don't think this is the only thing I'm going to do about Mindhunters. So season two is is coming in about a week. So, but a week from when I'm recording this, by the time this gets out, season two might very well be up on Netflix. Okay. Blah-de-blah-de-blah. What do I want to talk about regarding gaming in Mindhunters? I like the way the characters are affected by what they're going through and what they're studying. They are brushing up against something terrible and kind of evil, not kind of, evil, that our world helps create. And you can't help but bring that home with you. So I want you to think about that when you're making characters who are going through terrible things, you know? How does it change your character that they have to go to sleep knowing that they very well might be woken up by bandits or goblins or a manticore attacking? And the only thing between you and dying in your sleep is your friend sitting by the fire Whittling, while you catch some sleep so you can memorize some spells and that can sink into your brain meat. What does that do to you when you come back to town? Because you don't just go to sleep and then you're fine. Your body doesn't separate like that. No, 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 no. Your body has trouble getting off high alert. What happens to you as a human When you go back home to your family and suddenly you just want to go to sleep next to your spouse. What happens when you wake up in the night groping for your sword and you can't find it? What happens when you face down a dragon and you've watched a dragon melt your comrades and you come home? Now, I'm not saying I need every game to be a full-on PTSD nightmare. Not what I'm saying. What I am saying is... It's a fun exercise to think about how all this stuff affects your character, and how they get it out. You know, you might be in—you might be playing in like a medieval paradigm where they don't have a therapist, but they've got somebody they talk to, right? Who do they go to talk to? Their priest, their cousin, their spouse. Who is it? Who do they unload on? Their neighbor? the innkeeper, who they know was a former adventurer, hey man, listen, I waited till the inn was almost closed because I had to talk to you about some stuff. And you know the innkeeper is just going to be like, yep, yep, this happens all the time. I have to talk adventurers through this all the time. This is normal. Let's talk it out. I'm going to close up the joint. And we're going to talk. And that's cool. It's cool to have conversations in character about the adventures you've had and process them. It's kind of awesome. And it can get you in touch with your character in a way that you might not otherwise have done. And as a GM, let those moments happen. If you're playing a modern game, get those characters into therapy. You think Delta Green doesn't have therapists, man, they must have, they must have world-class spec ops therapists keep their people in the field. And it happened with our Unknown Armies game back in the day. Our characters were in therapy, and it was really fun. It was a really fun way to process everything. A fun way to kind of downshift and and process the madness these characters go through. So give it a shot. Have your characters talk about stuff. Process the the trauma of what they're going through. Or process the fun. Listen, I I you know, process all of it in a fun way. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Whether it's the bard being asked to tell the story of of the great battle, you know, at the crossroads. Cool. That's a fun way to process too. But going over what happens in the game is, is fun makes it feel legendary makes it feel real you know it's a cool way for players to celebrate things other players did yeah you know i was about to die and the paladin came over and and put their blessing on me and i don't even worship his god and his god healed me cool how does that affect you as a player good stuff Let me know how this is happening at your table. I'd love to hear about it. Okay? How do your characters process the madness, the adventure, the swords, the sorcery? Great mirth and great melancholy. Looking forward to hearing about it. All right. More info in the outro. If you would like to support Daydreaming About Dragons, thank you. I appreciate that. Here's how you do it. Uh, You can... Hit the support this show button and drop me some money every month. That's appreciated. You can purchase the Dictionary of Moo, which is my uh, swords and sorcery science fantasy version of Mars. Somewhere between the three points. If there's a triangle, and the three points of the triangle were the Bible, call the conqueror, and Barsoom, uh, Dictionary of Moo would be in the middle of that if those three points sound interesting, pick it up. Let me know what you think. And the other way to support is to drop me an email. Let me know. What, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Have you seen something like this at your table? I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear what's going on with you. If you have any questions, you want to hear some follow-up to something I said, I said a weird sentence, and you're like, what does that sentence mean? Let me know want to agree, disagree respectfully and with love, love in your heart, that's great too. I'll definitely put that out. And I do a midweek reply show on Wednesdays. So if you send me something and I can, I'll, I'll, put, it in, I'll put it in a Wednesday midweek reply show. Okay? Sounds good? All right. Thank you for listening. I will see you next time. Talk to you Wednesday.